This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, movie lovers, back for another Anatomy of Movie here on Popcorn Talk. Some would call us a movie club, and guess what? Today we're talking about book club. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Minds are blown, I know. And my members of this movie club are Marissa Serafini. Hello, everyone. Dimitri Panos. Hey, movie fans. Cheers. And I am Phil Svitek. And of course, you are all members of the movie club as well. You guys get to participate, chat with us live, write iTunes comments, or write comments on YouTube after the fact. Or tweet us, why not? Why not? What's the famous Groucho Marx line about clubs? I wouldn't join a club that would have me as a member. (laughs) I won't have you as a member either, so become a member. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Anywho, a couple of things. Welcome back to the show if you're rejoining us. Welcome to the show if you're joining us for the very first time. It is going to be spoiler-filled. This is our second of the day, therefore this is kind of our quick review, not as in-depth, but hey, (coughs) we'll, we'll, we'll get into it as much as we can. Although you can always download our entire rundown, which has all of our notes. All you have to do is go in the description box. There's a PDF. Click on that link, and it'll direct you there. But without further ado, let us say what we thought about Book Club. Marissa. All right. I love this film. I mean, it's so up my alley. It's my demographic. I mean, I'm not in the 60s demographic, but I feel like my soul is an older soul. I always joke that I'm... Basically, a seven-year-old woman stuck in a 20-something-year-old body. So this movie definitely spoke to me. Um, I love the dynamics between these four women, all different personalities. I am, like, one of the biggest champions of Diane Keaton, so I will follow her anywhere she goes. I read her books. I read... uh, I watch her movies. I, like, I love her. She is literally my spirit animal. So I'm already biased you can say in that way. So if Diane Keaton's in it, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be the first one in line. Uh, yeah, I saw this movie before I saw Deadpool too. That's how much I wanted to see this film more. Uh, I loved it. And I heard it was funny. And um, from other people before I saw this movie, I went in and it had the laughs. It had a good balance with the male counterparts as well. And I enjoyed it. I had fun. There was reference jokes that I loved. I, I was familiar with the books that they're reading, so like all, all the things that they were touching upon in different relationships and friendship aspects, I totally related to, and I I really love this film. All right, Dimitri. Well, I didn't. Are you a seventy-year-old <laughs> man stuck in a twenty-year-old body? Uh, many women <laughs> would look at my being that way. Yes, uh, at least from from the head. It's the twelve twelve-year-old actually, <laughs> almost seventy. Uh, so, <laughs> um, look, first, you know, much respect for, for this cast, and it was actually the cast that I was most, um, which actually got me into this movie, and I'm not a, I, I like romantic comedies uh, a lot when they're good. I felt this movie, well, I, I called it immediately after Sexless in the City. Um, it's four women, uh, archetype women, who are close friends. Each one's very different. Each one has 
different lives. Um, and, and, and I appreciated that the women in this movie were successful, had jobs, uh, they, they, and they were successful at what they did. Um, they, they, you know, federal judge, that's a pretty big deal. Um, and, 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 and at least from the approach, I, I, I was enjoying, I liked, so we had the federal judge, Candace Bergen, who, a widower, um, trying to get back into the dating scene, which in these, you know, in these days, and it took place in LA, if I'm correct, too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's not an easy thing to do in Los Angeles, no matter what age you are. And then you had Jane Fonda's character. She was the cuckoo one of the thing, and I completely got why she was never married uh, or anything. And then you had uh, Diane Keaton. Um, we'll talk about her kids. Uh, that to me was the story that 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 didn't that rang false. Uh, I called her story the um, the, the Schmanacy part of this movie, which is schmaltz and fantasy. Uh, but then you had, to me, the, the most accurate depiction. You had Mary Steenburgen and, 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 and Craig T. Nelson, who, A, I thought they were paired really well. Uh, a lot of the people here were stalwarts in the acting community, right? They 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 were very good together. Um, and their story resonated from it had comedy, but there was drama to it, and and it focused on the drama very well from an adult perspective and how it was handled from a couple who'd been married for a long time. I, when I watch a movie like this, it makes me think of Parenthood. Because Parenthood is a movie that has multiple characters, lots of juggling, lots of plates flying in the air. And Parenthood is able to make you laugh, bring out emotion, cry, uh, and... and Connect the stories and make them work uh, where you come to a great conclusion. Also the show, too. The show. Yeah, Um, the show. So this movie didn't have that for me. Things don't – things didn't really end. And this book club that was – well, the book club that it had – I mean, you can effectively say that Fifty Shades of Grey, the series, broke up this friendship. Because they're oh, yes. either moving away, they're they're, and that to me was sad. This friendship, I think, the well, situations. Me, you know, so as what what was most interesting to me is that the whole concept of the book club. Like, I don't mind them being older women, and mm-hmm. I like the notion of that. Just because you get old doesn't mean you can't have sex. Type mm-hmm. of mentality, but I, what I felt would have been the strongest would have been their friendship and their ability to to be on screen together and they weren't on screen as much as I would have thought certainly like one of the movies that I love is Now and Then and mm-hmm. when you look at their friendship like it, it, it really is their friendship and less about the guys there's guys that come in and out of their friendships this is they just kind of meet to strategize of how they're going to get these guys and it, it, you know that to me is what's left as far as I don't know I, I just wanted something more with the actual book club itself and that wasn't quite as evident, but I do agree with you, Dimitri. The that relationship between between them, the the couple, uh, when he comes in at the end with his jacket, and he's he's there to do the dance with her, and they do it. I, that was a really sweet moment. That I, I teared up. 
It was. I mean, like, and Dimitri, you're saying, like, all these storylines. What I enjoyed is that this movie, I felt, like, did a great job of balancing four different storylines with four different, quote-unquote, couples. And they all did essentially have their ending. They came full circle, uh, in a sense, and they were all wrapped up compared to... I don't feel like there was, like, actual one storyline where... Um, plot holes or something something wasn't tied up nicely I think for the four stories that were going on in this film they were all touched upon very well and all ended and had the resolves yeah I mean, I'll, I'll get into it uh, like a little more but that scene and again that scene could have been played a, a little bit differently too like what if when she hits the that scene at the end when they're doing the number when she hits the thing and uh Oh, it's the meatloaf. It's the meatloaf song. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And she looks up, and what if he were in the wings? Because what if he was the one that set that up, right? And they come out. But either way, it works. Because, again, to me, it was the most realistic portrayal of of, of marriage, uh, of, of, a, of an older couple going through... A change, a life, a life-changing event, which is retirement. Um, she's a successful chef. He was successful doing whatever, and he retired. Uh, and then we talk. We talk about sex and sex. I do like how they approached that, even at that age, men and women think about it. And but I liked how they would treat it as adults, even though we had the farce with the Viagra. Okay, I get it. Funny. But they were treated with that couple was treated with the most respect. Like you get into the the, the Diane Keaton, why I, I I didn't buy into that. Uh, like we said, we you know Jane Fonda. Look, the performances were fine. Candace Bergen can still deliver sarcasm. <laughs> Nobody's business, yeah, right? She's great. And and uh, together they were sort of fine. But to your point, Phil, yeah, I think the movie worked went better when they were sort of apart. Together, they were okay. I wanted more of that. Um, and their performances, again, these are, for the most part, legendary people, uh, actors. Uh, actors. Uh, I just wanted I wanted it to take them more seriously as the women that they were. And to an extent, it, it almost did, but I liked the, the couple story the best. Well, let's let's start with uh, <clears throat> go down the list if we shall. Why don't we start with Diane, right? Uh, and in fact, Bill Holderman and Aaron Sims, they they wanted to pass the Keaton test, as they called it. Mm-hmm. So when they brought it to her, they wanted her for the role, and lo and behold, she does end up taking the role. Uh, yeah, the they wrote test. this film with Diane Keaton in mind. It was solely. For Diane Keaton, they, they they even named the character Diane because it was directly for Di- um, Diane. And this isn't the first film that's written for Diane because she's such a presence and such a character, personality just in life in general that people want to write movies and do things for her because she she's effing amazing. Um, and I like that. And I liked how Diane like when she got into the meeting with Holderman and Aaron Sims. They're like, I can understand why you brought this film, you know, to me. That's what Diane said. Because it is catered to her personality. This is a Diane Keaton film. Trust me, I've seen them all. And so this definitely is up Diane's alley. And um, uh, I'm, I'm glad that she was on board because she is such an amazing star and actress that when she's the first person on board with this, she brought everybody else and I applaud her for that. She does have that power. 
What I didn't understand was what one of the things I truly appreciated about the other women was they they had fantastic jobs. And so as much as I, they do talk about men, in a sense, I kind of attribute that to their overall success, that they found such an amazing balance of being able to be amazing at their jobs, a hotel owner, an amazing chef, and, and a federal judge. Then I, I can kind of forgive it in that way. But I was questioning what is her sort of profession and what is her, uh, I don't know, legacy, if you will, in life. Because all we get as far as the backstory, from what I remember is just the husband died a year ago and that she was a great mom. Was she a designer or something, I thought? There was something about her that, I mean, because they were each in their own right, successful, um, revered woman at what they do. And for some reason, I thought she, like, either did the publicity for something and she designed, I don't know. I, I, it, it I seemed, don't exactly Well, it certainly know. seemed vague if, if we're having to draw straws i don't know uh marissa how do you feel about because because you know i don't i just feel the other women were set up a little bit stronger ironically than her right and i think and like I, I was trying to think of that as well we clearly got the establishments of everybody else's careers and hers i just kind of believed that she became a full-time mother a successful mother because her husband had this successful career and she mm. be, and she was just the, the full-time mom. I'm like, my mother was like that. My dad had this successful career, and he supported us financially. My mom was just home the whole time. Um, but that's not to say she didn't have a successful life either. And I think that was just the character of Diane in this film, that she was just the full-time mother, and that was her profession um, in, in this. And okay. she was successful in that. Yeah, and I, I, again... Uh, no qualms with, with with that at all, and again, no no qualms with their performance uh, whatsoever. Qualms with her daughters, though. Yeah, and and, and <laughs> uh, like it's not to say it added or it didn't detract from her character either. It didn't detract. True. Yeah. No. So, I, so let me ask you this: as far as Mitchell, the love interest, uh, I know it's Andy Garcia, but I don't know if I loved him in the. I don't know if the pairing worked for me. A hundred percent. What I did appreciate, I, I was going to be like, okay, he's a pilot and he's got this amazing mansion, but I like that he, you know, he, he's this very fantasy type character of he invented this patent and of course he's getting residuals from that, so it's not just him piloting, so I was like, okay, good. What was but, the patent that he... Uh... It's something about jet streams. Yeah, jet streams or... and airflows. It's something that changed oh. the airflows. Um love Andy Garcia and he's great I think this pairing was interesting because again I've seen every Diane Keaton film and this character played opposite her was he's so different from the normal man that we see Andy Garcia's character was just so suave and so smooth with everything like he was seamlessly not trying and it's frustrating to have like such a perfect man on screen where you're like how can you be so good doing like basically little to nothing um he he was just so effortlessly cool and i think that was different for her for her character um and she she didn't know what to do with it and i think that uncertainty between this relationship was what made the comedy exist like she didn't know how to handle herself around him yeah, I, I'm going to take this a step further because th this is why I called it the schmanacy part of the entire movie is that, okay, so we're looking at a woman and a man, uh, let's 
Is it is it fair to say that they're in their sixties, low to yeah. mid sixties? Yeah, is that everyone's fair? in their 60s. And he yeah, was ultra 70s. cool, and he was ultra suave. Okay, so here's so the fantasy part of all this is that she meets a man who is who's really cool. Okay, he's a multimillionaire. So he lives in Sedona, beautiful house. He can fly literally anywhere in the world that they can go to together. That's all the fantasy part of it. Since this was trying to approach realistic. Um, relationship-wise, my biggest thing was he has no family. At that age, and for that not to have been a red flag for Diane Keaton to go, you've never been married? Wait, you don't have any kids? Like, what? how does that happen? What's wrong? <laughs> and that's like a legitimate, like, when you're, when you reach a certain age, there's baggage involved in one way, shape, or form. Every other character in this movie had baggage, except for him. And that I wasn't buying. And again, that's usually a huge red flag. Like, that's a, like if you're in your 60s and you've never been married, like, most women would look at that and go, why? Like, there's a problem. What are you avoiding in life? And as ultra cool as he was, it, he, had one of the best, he had one of the best lines in the movie, when they, when they were talking about kiss kisses, and she goes, what if we talk about best kiss? And he says, what if that hasn't happened for you yet? And I was like, oh, my God, that's a really cool line. I could never get away with saying that. I'd get slapped. But, you know, and I forgot he happens to look like Andy Garcia, who everybody in this movie is aging gracefully, I have to say. They, everybody looks good. So it didn't address the real part of this relationship that, Dude, how are you not married? Like, so you're saying that's an, that's an issue because he was successful, yet he didn't have a family? That's wrong. I find that actually I, very believable. Yeah, hey, no, actually. I mean, he's a pilot. He's constantly traveling. And like, and I just know from experience of guys who are constantly traveling, you don't have that time to properly build up a relationship, let alone a family. It's, well, I think it's, I, a, it's, I, I get what Dimitri's saying. It never came up. It never even right. came up. Like, she it, never even asked the question like, have you been married before? And if he hasn't been married at that age, regardless of the travel, that that's a there's a reason for that. And I'm playing. It's like maybe I'm just going. So you don't like experience. that it was just wasn't addressed. I don't like that it wasn't addressed. And I and, and if he was never married, that's a red flag for right. for women. I'm just it's for most women. It's a red flag. Right. Not, well, um, not so much a red flag, just more curiosity flag. Well, as far as she was concerned, she, she where where I had the nitpick, and, and I get it was part of the story, but uh, you know, you're you you are a sixty year old woman, and your your children have complete control over your life, and like if if you're caught with a man that you love in that way, it's a I get it, it's a, it's a, it's a subversion of the fact like oh she's the kid now and they're the adults, and it's like what are you doing? But it's like, no, get the hell out of here. Get out of here. Right. I, I found them to be annoying. And because I didn't find that character, I found that character, her character, Diane, to be free. I found her to be a good spirit. I found her to be good at heart, too. And I felt that her kids were looking at her as old, decrepit, which she was the exact opposite. She was on that other hump, but she still carries herself as there's more life to live and I'm going to do this and you know meeting a guy should be should be fun when when you get to that point after after mourning and and such but I, her kids put her down so horribly 
I wanted her to put her foot down a lot sooner in the movie. And the opportunity came when they showed up at the house where she really could have yelled at them. Well, it was something. I'm going to shift it in a moment just due to time. But the the kind of, I'll I'll say for me, the missed opportunity was the fact, the reason why she was hesitant of that relationship was because of how they would feel about her, you know, sort of forgetting the father who died a year ago. And that was never addressed. Mm -hmm. So I think... But anyway, um, let's move on to Arthur. Good old Arthur from New York who comes back 40 years later Mm. and wants her to make a wish. And as he says, every wish should be selfish. (laughs) Um, I I joke, I joke, although that did happen. What what did you guys think of this relationship, this development? I liked it because just the, the establishment of Vivian shows that she's like so against being in a real love committed relationship is like short fling after short fling that's her happiness and to find someone come back into her life where she could actually settle down and be in an actual serious love relationship that scares her and i and i liked how that the one thing she was trying to avoid is the one thing that's you know in her face and i like that and um to see jane fonda like play off of that um really well uh, her her character is like so vivacious and colorful and so adamant against certain things in life, and then this is staring at her in the face, and she so um, wants to resist it. You know, she it's not going to happen. You know, she's going to fall for him. It's that old flame. Yeah, it's that old flame. But you, everything lands on that character. She it, it, there's a reason why she never married, and that's because she was kooky. And there's a reason why she she turned and pushed men away, um, like 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 Mitchell and or not Mitchell um, Arthur. Uh, Arthur Arthur and Arthur was interesting too because he did make mention that he was previously married and that um, she took his name uh, in the house and what whatever. I just didn't quite get. He was in radio, and that's all I really knew uh, about him. And I wanted to know a little bit more about. You know, how did they meet? You know, how uh, how how was that relationship uh, way back uh, when? Um, and and again, when she pushes him away, he seemed like a nice enough guy. Uh, actually, I like the the, the the wish scene. Sort of reminded me of that scene of the Goonies. You can't go in and get your wish back. Mm-hmm. But and and he's right. Wishes are they're they are selfish. They're supposed to be for you. And I actually saw like. She was a little bit stolid. She didn't want to get wet. And he's like, she's like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm getting the wish. you got to redo it. I, I, that's one scene that I actually enjoyed uh, as part of, well, that couple um, going off. I, I like the fountain scene because it kind of, <clears throat> like, let the audience know that she used to be this fun, out, free-going, free-spirited kind of person who would go into a fountain. And, like, you saw a glimpse of her old past self when, like, that old person comes back in your life and you're suddenly that that old person that you used to be. And, like, that came back. And it showed that she used to be fun and free-spirited in that way. I liked it. Yeah, I like that analogy, actually. I think th- I think that's accurate. For, for me, one of the things that I felt with her character is she was so successful because she kept everything at a distance and she needed control over all things that's why the hotel they made a couple mentions of how many employees she had which was like upwards of 150 and so forth and everyone was very 
you know, at her at her disposal, if you will. And even the book club itself, you know, she was kind of high and mightier than them, and she was. She's the one who introduced, like, if you talk about a catalyst or, or inciting incident, it's her giving the book to everyone, and then that kind of spiraling the way it did. So she has this false sense of control, and then by the end, she learns like her whole thing is risk assessment, and uh, you know what, she got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's uh, let's shift gears and talk about Sharon. Good old Judge Sharon. <laughs> Judge Sharon. <laughs> Which one of my one of my favorite scenes was her being on Bumble or whatever it was, and just being like, "Do you need a date?" And it's, "Can I help you with anything else?" "Nope, I'm all good." "Do you need a man?" They're like, "Whatever." Just kept Provide saying, your like, "Sex life." <laughs> yeah, just just all these sexual jokes. I th- I think it's funny. I think her backstory also with uh, I believe Steve. it was yeah Steve and her her ex quote unquote husband, um, and the, with the with the younger person. So like uh, I did like that and just the I, I have to admit I've done online dating and so like I related to her storyline. She that the whole uncertainty of like oh my god I hope I don't meet a serial killer right now. I thought it was funny because so many people that's that's dating in 21st century is you meet people online because people don't have the proper time to meet people in real life. Um, I thought it was it was good and she was that single person compared to everyone else who's like had an old person or met someone like she was that person who was actively seeking and it, it was just it was also a relatable storyline for it. not just the the 60 plus year old but like millennials now are dating online That was one of my problems if you go on to bumble.com there's nothing on there that says anything for senior citizens. Like, I'm like... Have you gotten Bumble? Do you yeah, know that? Yeah, let's bring it up fact? right now. Yeah, we'll bring it up right now. I mean, Bumble.com, when you look at that splash page... I've never been on Bumble. There, so there is... Know. Like, I was, like, going, Bumble, that... Bumble.com. <laughs> He's actually looking at it. It's depth. depth. Analysis well, I'm just of like Bumble. going like, you know, it's like they paid a lot of money to get into this movie, but there's nothing that's, unless they change, they don't even advertise the movie because I looked it up and it's a downloadable app. Look, does this look like, does that look like anything that there's a senior citizen on that page at all? No, not even close. I'm but like, it's not to say that senior citizens bubble? can't be on Bubble. But it's just They're not... gearing towards the younger millennial demographic. I get that in the promotions, but it does not say once that it, senior citizens can't be it, on Bubble. It's not saying it can't, but they're just not. Like I was wondering, how, how did the other dating sites miss out on, on, on this opportunity? In any case, and I get it, the, the online dating, and she was looking, she, again, another widower for, for, for a long time. Um, and I found that, well, A, I couldn't figure out if she was estranged from her son. I didn't get that dynamic at all because it didn't even seem like she knew her son like had a girlfriend like it came as a big shock to get the phone call that he's engaged and i was wondering okay what's going on here the 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 older guy with the younger woman we see that a lot we hell we saw it play out in three billboards um not a comedy but she but she did have my favorite quote which i i have to paraphrase because i don't when she was at the um engagement party mm-hmm. And she inadvertently uh, becomes Toastmaster. She says something about love that 
that I felt was like true. She goes, love, it's not necessarily all the things that are like, you know, the moon and the shine. But love is what you bring to the table. Love is part of you. And she said something that was very resonant. And they don't have quotes on IMDb for this movie yet, which I'm very surprised. She, but she I'll said something. Some. Well, do you, do you remember the quote that I'm talking about, yeah. Marissa? Yeah, when she's talking about love, I don't know it word for word. She said, she said love... I mean, if you if you have it, jump in. But love is just the word, and it's, 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 it's not till you bring meaning to it. Correct. Um, yeah. um, and I did like that. That's also a good message imparting wisdom from the older demographic to the younger demographic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where you meet. It's also it's what you actually do once you're in the relationship. Yeah, absolutely, I, absolutely. And I really I like the quote. Um, that she had and the way in which Candace Bergen de- delivered uh, that monologue. Um, it was sweet. It wasn't dripping with disdain or irony. It, it actually seemed genuine. It did seem genuine. Um, I, although, again, I wanted more of, like, what's going on? It's like she did, she, it's like she was a complete stranger from, from, from her son and, well, what would now be the fiancé. So, um, and then as far as her dating goes along, listen, you know, Richard Dreyfus as George was, was the sweetest oh, man. Wow. I actually felt bad for Wallace Shawn because, you know, Richard Dreyfus can be considered a cameo. What do you call Wallace Shawn? I mean, he's in the movie. He's Derek the Dentist. It's all I remember. You can call me Derek, not the dentist. And he was invited to this engagement party and he's not there, obviously. I would have liked exploration of Candace Bergen's character finding romance again with a very likable character, a seemingly likable character in George, as played by Richard Dreyfuss, who I haven't seen on the big screen in a long time. So to see that these two icons together, I thought was really, well, why didn't we play more with this? Because I would have liked to have seen her. She's a federal judge, but she can have a life. Um, It would have been nice. I I mean, one of the things I appreciate as far as the lesson that she learned was this idea that she was holding on to Steve for 18 years. And it's like, you didn't even, you divorced him for a reason. You didn't like him. (laughs) So, like, let it go. You know, move on. And and I I appreciate that about her. Um, As we, we we talked, we talked um, about Carol um, already a little bit. But so uh, just to kind of wrap this up, one of the, you know, not surprising, 88% of the audience for this movie comprised of women, not surprising, mm. over 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. for that, you know? Yeah. Listen, I think there's a mo- there, there should be a movie for every demographic. But, but I, wanted to, I think Carol, though, I think Carol and Bruce are important in this movie because of the way that this situation is handled. Mm. And I really love the fact that this couple actually sat down and talked about this, right? to work it out. And I also appreciate the fact that they had a man, right? Bruce, Craig D. Nelson say, I'm afraid. When I was at my retirement party, I got scared. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And there was a vulnerability, which usually sometimes that's flip-flopped around where, where, where the woman is scared. And yet here, this is what marriage is. Marriage is, is not an easy thing. Relationships are not an easy thing. The reason why this couple perseveres is because they they treat things very seriously. They have fun. You can tell. There is love there. 
but they discussed it and they were open. They opened up their vulnerabilities and you had a wife who's caring and loving and willing to listen. And I really appreciated this because that that to me is the part that rang true. And to actually have a man show a vulnerability, which we don't see in movies that often, right? I thought to be, I thought that's what rang true. And I wanted more of this from each of the other stories coming, you know, combined. And in the end of the day, it didn't happen. So that's why they rang true as a couple and they're going to live on. Obviously, they're going back home after the performance, which was very sweet, <laughs> right? Perform. But it's D to perform. <laughs> but is, is, uh, is Diane Keaton moving out? Is she going to move to Arizona eventually or what's going on? Jane Fonda, is she going to live in New York or really is is Don Johnson's character going to love her as he is and he'll go from New York back to California or whatever? It seemed that the book club did more harm in, in splitting them apart than rather than trying to keep everybody together, which the friendship too should have been. When Diane Keaton lays the bomb like, I'm moving to Arizona – like I would have felt like there would have been more like no you can't do that don't you know uh, yeah. I Wait, want this what? friendship to be it should have been more of like the, the front focus. center yeah, yeah. I agree. Right. and I get that I think the book club was more of just a backdrop location of setting everything off and I'm actually okay with that because I felt like the whole because of Fifty Shades of Grey is a trilogy I felt like that was the setup for the acts it's like you had the first book that was the first act the second is where everyone was breaking up and leaving different ways and then once they were on the third one everyone was coming back together like Don was finally getting at Arthur uh, was getting back um, Diane was moving back to LA so like you, it had the general setup of first and second and third act a lot, uh, paralleled with the books so I don't think the book club broke them up so to speak it was just their life situations but to um, me uh, and I, but I understand you might want the friendship aspect I liked when all four of them were on screen and kind of wished they were all together more screen time together but there are other films like that too like gonna bring up a younger <laughs> demographic movie or book which is also about Sisterhood of Traveling Pants great book great movie um there's only maybe like three, four scenes when those four girls are actually on screen together. The rest of the movie, they're all apart. So, but it works. It works for the chemistry. It works for the storylines. That's a coming of age story. These women are of age, and the focal no, point supposed like, to be this. Friendship. I get that coming so, of age is different, no. but it's also just in production aspect. The storylines were so individually separate that it's okay that they don't always have to be together because they are so separate. I get what you're saying, Marissa, but I, I, I side with Dimitri simply for the... like. You're right, the book club is supposed to be the backdrop, but it's a backdrop for their friendship and their... Uh, you know, I mean, they, in essence, they've been doing this book club for 40 years, and now that, you know, it's not a coming-of-age story, but the times they are changing, and how do they deal with now this change? And uh, they address it personally, but I don't think as a unit uh, they really kind of bring that to light. I don't know. I think... It, 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 hmm. You know, but hey, it's working for it's got an A on Cinema Score, so kudos. You know, I think it's hitting uh, the people that it wants to. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, what is I looking at here? Uh, Fifty six uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, regarding its regarding its business wise, it's at twenty million, which is okay. It's got uh, a huge budget, though. It's got a hundred million dollar budget, as I understand. 
that's a big budget a big for a budget movie for like a this. Movie like this. Yeah, it should have been cheaper, but I guess maybe yeah. I would have yeah, figured that people would have. Yeah, I would have figured. Well, especially, I know where they did cut budget. Every time they were on that rooftop, it just looked so fake. Like that, it's looked <laughs> re- like it. Wow, like that took took me out, but. I would have figured that these women might have wanted to defer pay, like, just to work together. From what I understand, they've all became good friends working on this movie together, and I can see that. Yeah, and um, they they all quoted that they really wanted to be part of this movie to work with X, Y, and Z. Correct. People wanted to work with Diane. People wanted to work with... Jane Fonda wanted to work with Diane. All And some of the guys themselves have actually worked with some of these women on other productions and stuff in their past but never once have they all been together in the same film and i like that because that just goes to show that the industry is small and people do know each other but they always want to work with each other absolutely i made a mistake well i made a mistake by reading marissa's mistake because she's bad with numbers it's 10 million (laughs) dollars you added an extra zero yeah that that sounds like me so luckily I fact checked myself because I was like, yeah, that, that all sounds a little high. That sounds about right. All right. Ten million. Well, I know that like, wonderful no way note. It's time to wrap up this That's movie club. Awesome. On behalf of at Seraphini TV yes. for her terrible math skills, but love her nonetheless. Yes. That's Thank you, Marissa, for so making true. me laugh. I would totally, awesome. I'm totally buying this movie when it comes out. For $100 million? Maybe not <laughs> For $10 million, <laughs> yes. At DMovies, 1701 for Dimitri. Hey, folks, please. I'm at Bill Sweet Tech. Thank you guys as always. We'll be back for Solo, a Star Wars story next week, and we've got plenty of other movies in our rear view. Oh, Solo Mio. That's right. See you guys next time. Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.